Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, please hit the like button, the subscribe button, and the notification symbol on the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel so you'll get a notification when the new videos and podcasts drop. Please follow the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, Google, Pandora, everywhere, literally anywhere you listen to your podcast, uh, please follow it, subscribe to it, please leave it a review, be a friend, tell a friend. Uh, leave comments in the comment section down below uh, to let me know how it's going, be part of the conversation. So you'll get the weekly episodes. Uh, we're going to try to get back on track with weekly episodes. You know, things happen. Coach basketball, different things happen. So just just life. Uh, but I appreciate everybody listening who does listen. Um, so make sure to subscribe to all that. Uh, the podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Network, the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com, you can check out all the other podcasts, great content creators there, and check out all the affiliates. Betting season is in full swing, and you only want to make your bets in one place, which is my bookie. Right now, right now, if you go to mybookie.ag to make any type of bets, college basketball is going on, college football is still going on, NFL is halfway through, NBA is going on, they're long seasons. You want to bet on other sports? Go ahead. If you go to mybookie.ag, and for your very first deposit, if you use the code BELLYUPFANTASY, all one word, it's going to double your first deposit. That would be crazy for you guys not to do that. That is absolutely free money. Uh, you know, I try to give us picks as much as I can for what to do, and, you know, when we get to today's episode, when we dive in, I was pretty good on some of my picks last week, uh, just picking the games and the money line. So, BELLYUPFANTASY, that's the code. Go to mybookie.ag and use that code. It's going to double your first deposit. 
podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football and is back to the basics, books, and drills. If you go to CoachStoneFootball.com and check out all of his books on football drills, practice planning, game planning, and much more, you're never going to need to look up another drill again. So when you're a football coach like me heading into the offseason, you know, some of us have been in the offseason longer than others, go to CoachStoneFootball.com. Get his back to the basics books. You're never going to have to look up another drill again. I promise you. Speaking of football coaches, of course you have linemen. And are their helmets getting scuffed up during the inside run period and individual drills? If so, there's a way to protect those shells and reduce the repetitive blows that your guys are taking each and every week. It's Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps reduces 20 to 33% of the impact It really focuses on the big guys. We have to take care of us big guys. It is worn by five NFL teams and 200-plus colleges like Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Penn State, Washington. I mean, over 200. It's a lot. Check them out at www.guardiansports.com slash guardiancaps. And if you go to that website or use the link in the description below and use the code 15OFF, it's going to be good for 15% off your order. So it's individual. You get a big bulk. You do the big bulk, you're going to get a discount anyway. Then you use the code 15OFF, you're going to get 15% off. So what are you waiting for if you're a football coach and you want to help save the helmet, save the impact for your guys? Go to Guardian Caps, 15OFF for 15% off. If you're looking for an energy drink to help you with that midday pick-me-up, but you don't want that crash that happens after about an hour or so, are you looking for a pre-workout to go to the gym or to the run, but you're looking for one that doesn't give you all the jitters? Well, I've got news for you. If you go to swiftlifestyles.com, you're going to get just that. It's not going to be an energy drink can. It's going to come in a tub like a pre-workout. It's a clean nutritional drink for any part of your day. Um, If you're a gamer, they also want to sponsor gamers. So if you're playing games on Twitch and you're looking to get going, they're going to help you. So if you go to swiftlifestyles.com, use the code COACHDUSHOW, all one word, you're going to get 50 15% 15% off your order. It helps the lets them know I sent you. It helps support the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. So let's dive into today's episode now that we're get that all the way. Action-packed show for you. Of course, it's just me. So we're going to dive into the first thing is going to be this coaching carousel. Then we're going to get to the Illinois preview. Um, some big Illinois news coming in before they play Iowa. Tell you a little bit about, talk about the Big Ten. Then, 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 we'll, then we'll get into some college football. So the coaching carousel I wanted to dive into because it is just absolutely crazy. If you guys listened to my last one talking about Dan Mullen, that was the start of it. I had another episode coming out about Lincoln Riley and going to LSU. Well, then now there's rumors rumbling around. Um That LSU has offered Lincoln Riley, you know, a contract. And Oklahoma fans, sorry, you're just going to have to deal with that if that is true. So now the big question mark is, should Lincoln Riley head over to LSU? Now, we talked about in the last episode, so I went dive deep into it a little bit. Um, I'm not sure. You know, uh, I think that he could be the mayor of Oklahoma if he wanted to right now. I think that he could run the whole state, and I think, he has a good thing going to Oklahoma. It's built up. Um, you're about to head to the SEC here soon. I mean, I know it's supposed to be like five years or so, but I guarantee it's going to be less. So you're about to prove yourself in the SEC where you are established at Oklahoma. Um, you are a quote-unquote powerhouse, I guess. You're not winning championships, but you're winning games all the time. You're maybe losing a game two tops, which a lot of teams would kill for. So I don't know, but... Let's just dive into what happens. So when something like this happens, where there's going to be this domino effect, and you really got to look into it. Um, Other sports shows have done it, but when you really hear about, okay, if this LSU thing has just been crazy because you've heard 
uh, Lane Kiffin, you've heard Mario Cristobal, you've heard Mel Tucker. Well, now it's come out that Mel Tucker is getting a contract extension at Michigan State. And he's apparently come out and said, whether it's true or not, I've seen where he has come out and said that he never looked at Michigan State as a stepping stone. He looked at it as um, a destination spot, which, okay, that's a cool thing to say. Now, is he actually saying that? Does he actually mean that? We have no idea. We all know how coaches are. And I am a huge Nick Saban fan, but, you know, he did leave LSU to go to the NFL and then says, you know, like, I'm not going to coach in college and goes to Alabama. Now, I'm not talking bad about him. I am a Nick Saban guy. But you have to be careful with what college football, college football coaches say. But I think when you say something like that, you have to kind of stick with that with the narrative of, okay, now now Mel Tucker, you have come out and said this. You've said this is not a stepping stone. This is a destination spot. So now they're going to offer you some money. You have done well this year. Now it looks like he may not be able to go to LSU. Doesn't mean he won't. LSU, if they wanted him, could go and say, hey, here's $96 million over eight years. He'd be like, oh, yeah. Or does Mel Tucker think, I'm not saying he's not competitive, but does he think, man, I'm really competitive. I want to go to the SEC so I could go against the Lane Kiffins and the Mike Leeches and and the Nick Sabans and you know the, the Georgias uh, and Kirby Smarts of the world and everything else. Or do I not want to put all that heartache on me? Stay in the Big Ten where I am going against good teams. I'm going against good coaches. Maybe not quite SEC, but to try to build it up like an SEC school in the Big Ten and say I'm going to be the coach there gets Michigan State up there to beat Ohio State, to beat Michigan year in and year out, and compete for that Big Ten title. Maybe that's it. So with that statement, now you start to think maybe he's not been contacted by LSU. You know, maybe he doesn't want to go there. He wants to stay at Michigan State, and good for him. I I respect coaches that do that. But I will say this, him to say it's not a stepping stone, most first head college coaching jobs for people are a stepping stone. I am sorry. It just it is what it is. Nick Saban was coaching at different places and became a head coach. He was a head coach at Michigan State and then moved on. Like, it's, they are stepping stones. You're looking for the bigger job, the more money, and all that stuff. And this is a whole other topic. So, the domino that's going to happen is this LSU thing's been crazy. Mel Tucker's name, Cristobal, Lane Kiffin. Now Lincoln Riley. And apparently, Lincoln Riley got offered the money. So, we're waiting to see. Now he's, now he's come on and said, you know how I feel about this. So we're going to see. So we're just going to talk about this coaching carousel. It's absolutely crazy because other things, one other thing has come out this week, and this is going to be another domino that we will talk about. So let's just say for kicks and giggles, Lincoln Riley goes to LSU. Now, when he gets to LSU, I am a big Ed Odron fan. But I will say, if Lincoln Riley got to LSU, that offense, just like a Lane Kiffin, is immediately going to change. Immediately going to change. Now, the only difference between a Lane Kiffin and a Lincoln Riley, and no offense Lane Kiffin, I think he wants to get to this point, is Lincoln Riley's been in Oklahoma for a few years. He's built it up. Lane Kiffin took head coaching jobs when he was very young, had to learn some things. He's even admitted it. He's had to change and learn some things. Now, he went to Alabama, saw how that worked. He went to Florida Atlantic, kind of got that built up. Now he's at Old Miss doing the same thing. So the only thing you're going to knock on, I've said this, is that Lincoln Riley has been at one place more than one year or two years. So in LSU's case, they're probably like, okay, we need a guy that's going to come in, build this team, 
that's proven to do it, and that's why they're going after him maybe more than Lane Kiffin. Who knows? Or Lane Kiffin's like, ah, maybe I don't go to another SEC school unless unless it is like in Alabama if Nick Saban were to retire. But Nick Saban's never going to retire. He's going to take his brain out, put in a robot, and be coaching for the rest for forever. So it is just interesting. Um, but if you get Lincoln Riley, like I said, I've already talked about that. But let's just say he decides to go. Well, now you're adding to the already open market. So right now, LSU's open. USC's open. Like These are big-time programs that you're going to have to fill. And then you're waiting to hear other schools that might be fired. You know, Dan Mullen. I've talked about Dan Mullen before. I don't think he's going to be fired, but you never know. That'd be a big-time program to go get hired for. Uh, and then we'll get to this rumor here in a minute, but there's rumor about the U is going to need a new head coach. Now, the U is not what it was, and we'll get to that in a second, but just other things. So if Lincoln Riley heads to LSU, well, now LSU is taken care of. That's the big-time program that's taken care of. They're hired. What about Oklahoma now? So now it's USC and Oklahoma. Nobody's talked about USC in a while. James Franklin's name was hot. Then they stumbled. Then they lose to Illinois, my Illinois fighting Illini in nine overtimes. You don't hear about really him again. So now let's say Lincoln Riley goes to LSU. So now you got to fill the hole of who's going to go to Oklahoma, who's going to go to USC. But now you got Oklahoma on there, which that's a big time hire too. That's, That's a good program. One name that gets brought up because he played there a long time ago. Coach Heupel, he's the head coach of Tennessee. Now, Tennessee has under investigation. They got sanctions looming over them, the NCAAs over them, and he took it over. And that's a job that most people did not want to take over, but he said, nope, I'm going to take it over. Went from UCF up to there. He's done a good job, I think. They're, they're very competitive. He wants to build it up, but never underestimate the power. You're like, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Washed away. I'm coming home. Never underestimate the power of home. Never underestimate the power of your school. So when you are Coach Heupel and had a good playing career at Oklahoma, you're going home. If that job opens up, you have to think he consider that. And poor Tennessee, like now, if that happened, you are now out. Lane Kiffin in one year, and then Lane Kiffin goes to Alabama. Then he's at Old Miss, and then he's playing at Tennessee. You have Coach Heupel, who is doing good things to the offense and trying to build up with all this stuff going on, leaves to go to Oklahoma. Now, normally you'd say, oh, they're going to Oklahoma, they're in the Big 12, you know, whatever. They'll get over it. Well, if he goes to Oklahoma, they're in the SEC. So, you know, now we're going from I'm coming home to Rocky Top, Rocky Top. Like, right back to Tennessee. And they're going to play each other. So that's interesting. But you have to think, sit here and think that Coach Hypo would be at the top of the list for Oklahoma because he didn't come in. Now, remember, they run similar offenses, except Hypo wants to be more up-tempo, way faster than Oklahoma. So not much is going to change that offense, but he's going to come in and score points. He's going to come in and do well and do that. So now you've got that figured out. Okay. Now what about USC? It's crazy that USC went from the heights, you know, way back when Pete Carroll's day, and Lane Kiffin did a good job there, and um, Coach Ed O'Dron as the interim did a good job. Nobody's talked about that job. 
So now, you know, Cristobal's name was for that. Is James Franklin up for the job? So now comes the question, is USC not a premier job right now? Who's going to take that? You know, it's been defunct. You know, it hasn't won for a while. They're losing recruits left and right to people in, in the South, out on the East Coast. So you need someone there. And so far, James Franklin's name has been up there and thrown around, but haven't heard it since. Is Cristobal really going to leave Oregon and the Pac-12 to go the, to USC? Highly doubt that. Cristobal is a Oregon guy now. He's SEC guy. Loves the U. Would his name be thrown around for the U if that opened up? So now for USC, who's going to take that job? Name been thrown around now? Coach Randa from Baylor. Because think about it. USC wants to go after glamour. They want glamour. They want beauty. That's why they want, no offense to Ed Odron, they wanted a good talking person. So obviously someone like me is not going to get this job. They've gone after offensive gurus. What about Coach Dave Aranda? What if he comes in as a defensive guy? Now, he's not going to be crazy outspoken. You're not going to, maybe you might see Snoop Dogg there, but it's not going to be Pete Carroll having Snoop, Snoop Dogg there. He's going to come in and say, listen, I'm a tough SOB. We're going to play defense like nobody's business in the back 12. And we're going to win. And we're going to have a culture. That's what USC needs. So I think right now, so if this happens, Lincoln Riley goes off to LSU. I think Coach Heupel goes to Oklahoma. Then you got the USC job opened up. Well, then Dave Aranda goes there. Well, now, now something's got to fill this vacuum. So now you're going to have a Tennessee job opened up and a Baylor job opened up. Don't even get me started about who might take them. Now, I could see uh, Bryles, you know, offense coordinator at Arkansas. He's been talked about for a head job. Could see him skipping out in the SEC, going to Baylor, back home, maybe. Eh, I don't know, because of how his dad went. Maybe they don't even hire him. Maybe he goes to Tennessee, says, I'm going to take over my own SEC school. And they've already ran a fast-tempo offense, and that's what Bryles wants to do. That, that might work. But then who's going to take over Baylor? Well, you got coaches out there that'll take it. I mean, that's where James Franklin goes. You know, I think Penn State's a better job. You're going to see an assistant get hired. You're going to see some head coach I don't never heard of go to Baylor. Gary Patterson's out there. Maybe he goes to Baylor, you know. So there's coaches out there being talked about to go there. So then you got all that moving around. Well, now there's reports of – well, then you got – before I jump into the one that I just heard – yesterday or today the Washington Washington job opened up that was a premier job so who's going to take that job so that type of job I think you're going to see an offensive coordinator or an assistant coach somewhere and don't be surprised if you see some Georgia coaches go Munkin's done a good job calling offense the defense coordinator has done a good job. So don't be surprised if you see one of them go. Bryles from Arkansas go. Um, another name, you know, another thing to look at. What if one of these schools take the leap and call a Jeff Munkin from Army? I don't know. Maybe. But some of these, not all these jobs are going to be filled with this big splash hire. You're going to see some assistant coach get hired for his first head coaching gig that's done a good job as an assistant. You might see coaches jump ship. You might hire coaches that we haven't heard of in years. 
But I'm coming home, I'm coming home, washed away, I'm coming home. And speaking of going home, Lane Kiffin loves the water. He loves the nice weather. He likes to sit on the beach in a chair with a Corona on the side, with a lime in it. He likes the beach. And it's rumored that the U, Miami Hurricanes, might have a head job opened up. And reports from sources closest to Lane Kiffin says he would take that job if it opened up. I have a couple problems with this. One, well, one, if this was years ago, I think it'd be a great hire. If you took Lane Kiffin from this point in time now, few years back when the U was still okay great that that would be a great hire Lane Kiffin's got swag he would bring a great offense there the attitude would be like the U be like Ray Lewis the U like way back when wearing the camo shorts the bling I think he'd be all about it they'd be high flying they have an added like an attitude where by the time when we walk on the field we've already beat you like that type of thing. I'm not saying it's going to be the you, but it's going to be the. It's going to be pretty good. Here's my problem: the Miami Hurricanes facilities are not what they were. They used to be par. Now they've got to catch up. That's the thing with Florida State. You hear about how their facilities are not very good. Well, I hear the same thing about the U. The U doesn't have quite the same money as some of the SEC. Now, what what? intrigues Lane Kiffin to go there is now you're leaving the SEC, so there's going to be no crossover. You coached at FAU, so you know how Florida works in recruiting. You like the weather. You you know what it's going to take to win. And you're in the ACC where this year Clemson had a down year, but maybe if you get there, you could catch them. I don't. If Wake Forest doesn't have the same consistency, North Carolina took a step back. So now you're in a place where you go, okay, I was able to do what I did at FAU. I was able to come in at Old Miss and do what I did at Old Miss for two years. I could probably do the same at the U. But here's the thing. Does Miami have the money to do this? Now, they used to, but they are a small school. They are a private school, mind you. People don't know that. They are a private school. and don't have big enrollment, kind of like TCU. But we some people don't know that. They have to scrape the money up. So for Lane Kiffin to go there, you're going to have to get the money to get him to go away from Old Miss and the SEC. And then on top of it, you're going to have to have the money that he's going to want because he's seen how Alabama does it. And he's bringing that to Old Miss. You're going to have to have the money for him to, to work there. You're going to have to give him the staff budget to get what he wants. You're going to have to get the facilities upgraded and give him a lot of leeway. I don't know if the U has the money. So if I'm Lane Kiffin right now, I'm thinking to myself, maybe I don't leave unless it's LSU. Now, the LSU thing's hairy because you're in the SEC, and I think it'd be cool to go to the U, but unless the U promised all that stuff where, look, we're upgrading the facilities, Lane. Like, Lane, listen, listen. Listen, Lane Train, listen. Hop on there. Come on down. We're upgrading the facilities. We got boosters out the wazoo. We're going to get some money. And you come to the U, man. And change our program around, and we got the weather, it's South Beach. So it could work. I'm not saying it couldn't work. I'm not saying it wouldn't. 
But right now, I think Old Miss has got the better upside right now than Miami with facilities and the money. You have the backing of the Mannings now because of Eli. Maybe you get the younger brother, the nephew, to play. So Lane right now probably needs to miss. But you see where I'm going with this in this, this crazy coaching carousel right now? When one person leaves, we got to fill the vacuum. Or does he go back to Tennessee? Nah, they probably, they probably kill him. And then if Dan Mullen gets let go, which I don't see happening, but if he were to get let go, does Lane go to Florida? Well, it's an SEC school, but it's good weather. He knows how to recruit. Like, so what I'm getting at is this is just absolutely crazy, and this could happen. It takes one of these things to happen, and the one that's going to to determine this is whoever, I think, takes the LSU job. And it's crazy that USC is not leading the way of, that was a premier job, and now it's not. So it's just crazy. So whoever takes the leap and goes to LSU is just going to start this 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 crazy domino effect we're going to have. And I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of people that we know get hired and move to places that we expected, some we didn't expect, but also foresee some hires of maybe we didn't expect them, maybe it's a name we haven't heard of, it was an assistant coach or was a head coach from back in the day. That's going to happen, but this coaching carousel is crazy. And it's hard for me to sit there and say some of these guys are going to go because I have no idea. I like to sit here and say Lincoln Riley's going to go to LSU, but I don't know. You got a good thing going to Oklahoma. Uh, but it, wouldn't that be – but it is crazy to think about it. Be, I think it would be really cool to see him go to LSU. Then Hype will go to Tennessee. Yeah, part of me wants to see Lane go to the Miami, but part of me wants to stay in the SEC. Does Cristobal go to the U if it opens up and Lane just stays there? Does Cristobal, whose name has been dropped off – Go to LSU all of a sudden. You know, that's behind the scenes that we're not talking about. You know, crazy things, but this coaching carousel is just absolutely insane. But I'd love to see Coach Hypo at Oklahoma if that happened. I just love that. Um, but coaching carousel is crazy. Um, speaking of crazy, Illinois is two games away from a bowl game, but they have a tough schedule ahead of them. And this week they are facing, they are traveling to number 17 ranked, the Iowa Hawkeyes, which is. The same school that Illinois head coach, Coach Brent Bilama, did go to college there. He does have the Hawkeye tattoo on his calf. This was going to be a homecoming for Brent Bilama, but unfortunately, Coach Bilama this week did test positive for COVID nineteen. He will be out for this game. Uh, he was tested positive on Monday night of this week, so he will not make the trip to Iowa, which does stink. It was a, I mean, he's played, he's coached against there and it was at Wisconsin, but he was born and raised in Illinois, played high school football at Illinois. Then he went to Iowa for college, and so it's been some kind of a weird homecoming. You know, he's coaching Illinois and everything else. Um, he's not going to be able to be there. The assistant head coach, um, Coach McDonald, he's going to be in charge. Um, so that, that's just crazy. Um, but then, but he's fine. You know, Coach Bielus came out and said he's felt fine. You know, he said the sniffles. Um, you know, they asked if he's going to watch Netflix, and he said he doesn't have a Netflix account, which is weird. So, Coach Bielma, you want my Netflix account? Netflix Netflix account? Just ask me. I'll give it to you. Um, positive news, Illinois defensive coordinator Ryan Walters was given a contract extension. Um, they're giving up an average of 13.3 points, fewer than they um, a game than they were before. It's, it's the best improvement since 1963. Um, so that's just that's a good news for Illinois outside of the Coach Bielema thing. Um, so they are traveling to play Iowa. Illinois needs two more wins to get to the bowl game. Iowa is bowl eligible. Um, Iowa's playoff hopes are dashed. They are fighting for their lives. For a Big Ten championship berth, um, Illinois is three and four in conference. 
Um, the key matchups they're going to look at for this is Chase Brown versus Iowa's defense. Chase Brown ran for 145 yards in each of the last two road games. Um, they, he's, they're going to need that type of performance for Illinois to stand a chance. Um, Iowa is allowing just three yards per rushing attempt, but they've allowed a 100-yard rusher in two of their last three games. Um Iowa's wide receiver Charlie Jones had his first career 100-yard game versus Minnesota last weekend. He had a 72-yard touchdown. He averages 10.4 yards on punt returns as well as leading the Big Ten. He is fourth in the conference um, for 22.9-yard average kicks. So Illinois has to be careful kicking to him. Um, big thing to watch is Illinois' defense. How are they going to play and their offense, obviously, but their defense. they, With all this talking about how their defense has improved so much because of Coach Mielman, because of Coach Walters, they're going to have to step up. Um, uh, our safety, actually, Kirby Joseph, is the only Big Ten player in the last five years with at least four interceptions and three fumble recoveries. So he is top five nationally in both categories. Um, he, you know, He and the rest of the defense are going to have to come out and play. Uh, but, I mean... The stats here for Illinois is not looking too hot for them. Uh, when you look at, you know, the game cast, it's only Iowa's got 81% uh, winning percentage to win there. Um, the spread is minus 12.5 for Iowa. I mean, Illinois is only scoring 16.8 points a game. We're giving up 21 points a game when last year we were giving up over 30. Now, believe it or not, we average more yards than Iowa. Iowa only averages 297 yards a game. We average 318, which is crazy. We have 138 passing yards a game with 180 yards rushing. It's flip-flopped. Iowa has 187 passing yards a game to 109 rushing yards. Iowa's kind of falling off a cliff before, before, you know, I was on here saying that I think they could win the Big Ten and they continue playing well, have a competent quarterback, defense plays well, the running game goes, they can maybe make the win the Big Ten championship and go to the college football playoff. Uh, I was wrong. They have fallen off a cliff. Now, they're still good. It's still Iowa. Illinois struggle with Iowa football. Um, right now, actually, Art Statowski, who has not played and will not play the rest of the year, is still our leading passer with 704 yards, six touchdowns, and two interceptions. So the keys for this, how is Illinois going to handle not having their captain, uh, Coach Bielma, the, the the guy driving the ship? How are they going to handle not having him? Because he is a big-time motivator for the team. He's big on the defensive side, you know, helping Coach Walters out and seeing everything because he's a defensive guy. How are they going to handle that? On the road, in a hostile environment, at Iowa. Uh, I mean, that's going to be the big thing here. And Illinois' defense is going to have to continue to step up and play well. They are going to have to stack the box to stop the run and stop from uh, Iowa throwing short passes. They have to be able to stop Pietras from throwing short passes. Now, he hasn't put up huge, huge numbers. He has uh, 1,430 yards passing, nine touchdowns to six interceptions. So I think if Illinois can get some pressure on them, stack the box to get the pressure to him, stop the run, they're going to be able to compete offensively. Illinois is just going to have to do what they do, and Brandon Peters is going to have to play with confidence and play like Iowa was playing earlier in the year with short passes, play actions, um, once in a while, having to take a deep shot with the Sean Payton rule over going to take two shots a quarter. So I think if they do all that, they're going to be able to compete. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough thing for 
Illinois to go to Iowa and, and be Iowa or upset them. But don't put it past them. They've upset teams already this year. But the big thing is when you don't have your head coach there, it is going to be more difficult to do. We hope he gets better very quickly and gets back on the sideline to finish out the season. But Illinois is two bowl, two wins away from being bowl eligible in his first first year there. Um, it is going to be tough sledding because right after you play Iowa, which is a tough haul, then you got to play Northwestern. And there's, you know, now if they lose, it's not going to be all for nothing. They could still beat Northwestern, which is a quote unquote rivalry game in the state of Illinois, and end up with five wins. Not too bad for what the program was. And um, Coach Bielma coming in. So for Illinois, the defense is going to have to do what they do stop the run. They're going to have to really bump the wide receivers to stop the short passing game. I don't see us really giving up the deep ball. The safeties have been playing a lot better. But the D lines going to have to show up against that Iowa offensive line and play well then on offense. We're going to have to ball out on the offensive line with the tight ends and everything to block Iowa's linebackers. They are playing st- – I mean, regardless of what how Iowa has played, the linebackers have played relatively well. So we, the offensive line, everybody is going to have to step up big time to block those linebackers to have a chance to move the ball, but we are just running Chase Brown to have a big game. The offensive line is going to have to block well in the zone game. We're going to have to out-formation them with the tight formations everything, and then Brandon Peters is going to have to show up. Illinois' defensive line is going to have to step up and get pressure and, and everything else. Stunts, blitzes, because Iowa's just going to line up and punch us in the mouth thing, and they can push us around. We have to, to, to be able to punch them right back to have a chance to compete with them, uh, but that's what Illinois has got to do to, to – uh, Kind of compete here. Um, then we're going to look at my Big Ten Week 11 picks. I can't believe we're, we're going into Week 12 here. I was 6-0 and oh picking in the Big Ten, and you could go back and listen. Purdue versus Ohio State picked Ohio State. Ohio State won big. Michigan versus Penn State picked Michigan. Maryland versus Michigan State. I said Michigan State was going to win. Wisconsin reinvented themselves after a rough start to the year. Versus Northwestern, pick them. Iowa played Minnesota, and I thought, well, Minnesota lost to Illinois. They're going to lose to Iowa, and they did. It was a close game, so that gives us hope. You know, we, you know, beat Minnesota just like that, and, and Iowa did too. But it gives us a little hope. And then Rutgers versus Indiana. I said Indiana's not quite the same. Pick Rutgers. So I went six and zero. So when we look at the Big Twelve for you know Week Twelve, which is still crazy to me, probably the we're going to get to the biggest game. At the end. Right now you have Minnesota losing the last two versus Illinois and Iowa going to play Indiana. But Indiana is struggling with the injuries, playing different quarterbacks, trying to figure out their culture and their identity and what they're doing. If they can't stop Minnesota's run game, Minnesota's going to come in and win. But if Indiana can stop it and they make Minnesota pass and watch what Iowa and Illinois did, they're going to struggle. But I think... If Minnesota's going to get a win, it's going to be against Indiana, so I'm going with Minnesota. Nebraska and Scott Frost. We already talked about Scott Frost. Playing Wisconsin, which is, re, you know, they've been reborn this year after week three or four. Wisconsin's going to roll Nebraska. Michigan's trying to continue their winning ways. Hopefully some dominoes fall. They're trying to find their way in the Big Ten Championship game. They they want to get some mojo going to try to play when they play Ohio State soon to beat them. Maybe find their way in the college football playoff somehow. Play Maryland, you know, we're going to continue to roll and pick Michigan to beat Maryland. 
Um, Illinois at Iowa. I'm going to come back to that. We've already talked about it. Rutgers, which is playing much, much tougher this year, going to Penn State, but Penn State is Penn State. Penn State's a tough place to play. You're going to have to go with Penn State. Um, Purdue, upsetting people, is probably over, but they're playing Northwestern. Northwestern is also struggling. I am going to pick Purdue in this game. And then my Illinois and Iowa. I'm going to go on the record and not pick this game. But I think Illinois could pull it off. All right, so the big game of the Big Ten of the week is number seven, Michigan State, traveling to number four, Ohio State. This is a huge game right here. Number one, the college football rankings came out again, and Michigan is still ranked higher than Michigan State, which does not make sense to me because Michigan State did beat Michigan, and Oregon is ranked above Ohio State because Oregon beat Ohio State. But that's either here or there. This is a big game. Ohio State slips up in games sometimes, but I think they've already done that against Oregon. This is going to be a hard-hitting game. I think it's going to be higher scoring than what we all think. And it's going to be exciting. I can't wait to see. I mean, it's going to be a great game. So, Ohio State's got a lot riding on this because if they come in and lose to Michigan State, now Michigan State's going to have a say and maybe like trying to bump them up. If Ohio State loses, does, do they put Cincinnati in, which I don't think they should? But does that happen if Cincinnati wins this week? If Ohio State loses, this probably knocks them out of the playoff race completely. And then it gives this window open for Michigan next week when you, Michigan shows up to play Ohio State. So Ohio State's going to have to come out, have to come out and play perfect. Michigan State's going to have to come out and run the ball and do what they do on defense and be motivated to play them and, and understand they're going into a hostile environment. But Mel Tucker's going to have them ready to go. Ryan Day's going to have Ohio State ready to go. I am picking Ohio State, but I think it's going to be a closer game than people think, and I think it's going to be higher scoring than what people think. Um, one last thing that's kind of stupid is Purdue and Northwestern are playing at Wrigley Field, but Northwestern is close to Wrigley Field. I would think Illinois should, but here or there. Um, so there I'm picking Ohio State, Purdue, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Mark it down. Go make a bet on there and make some money. Um, and that's it. That That's that was a big show to do by myself here, um, going on 36 minutes. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening. The coaching carousel had my mind blown. Um, wasn't going to talk about the college football playoff. They just need to expand to 12 teams, but you know, it's been talked about. They're going to talk about it, I guess here soon to expand it to eight to 12 teams. I think 12 teams is the max, but everybody already knows what I think. If you listen and I think people all agree it needs to expand. Um, but again, thank you guys so much for listening. Go subscribe, like, and do all that stuff. Go check out everything. All the affiliates in the description below. Um, go check out all the other episodes on the podcast. Enjoy the college football that's going to be happening today when this episode comes out. So all the college football that's happening today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And like Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma, we are gone. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 